Hi, I'm Lynette White. And I'm Dr. Renee Bryant. And we are your hosts for the Ed Branding Podcast. Which is all about amplifying connections, voices, and stories and education. And if you haven't already, follow the Ed Branding Podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you know when our episodes drop. And always... We do, if you haven't figured it out yet, we do have the Ed Branding channel on YouTube. So please like and subscribe. And on this episode of the Ed Branding Podcast, we will be speaking with Terrence Davis, the proud superintendent of Banning Unified School District. The Banning Unified School District has about 5,000 students and is located in Riverside County, California. Terrence has over 25 years of experience in education and has been in a variety of roles, including assistant superintendent of HR, director of HR, special education program specialist, and special education teacher. We are so excited to get the chance to speak with Terrence today. I'm so excited you're here, Superintendent Davis. We have been connected on social media since 2018, and we finally got to meet in 2019 at the Cabe Riverside Bilingual Educators Succeeding Together Best Awards. I am so happy that Lynette White is a part of your team at Banning Unified School District, and we are thrilled to have you on the Ed Branding podcast. So please, for the maybe two people who do not know who you are, can you please introduce yourself to our audience? So before I do, I talk anything about me, I just want to say this. So yes, I remember meeting you in 2018. And that enthusiasm that you had in that introduction just gives me like a little bit of a flame because I know we're going to talk about uh, courageousness and courageous fire. So that flame that you give people is really important. When you come and you speak from your heart or people feel like that, other people get that too. And it like just stimulates the room. So, so yes, 2018. And I'll say this, even though that was like five years ago, it seems like 10 to 15 years ago, we all have so many inputs on us that a day is not like a day. Like a day is like almost three days, depending on what you're doing. So yes, I remember meeting you and all that love that you have. And then yes, Lynette White being on the team, uh, in a short amount of time has been able to really amplify and, and what we're doing in our district, which goes back to the Ed Branding Podcast. What you guys are doing, in essence, are saying, hey, this is what is happening in educational spaces across the country, right? And these are some things that you can learn from other people to improve your space. And that's what it's all about, improvement. And so I want to say this regarding um, branding. Uh, several years ago, I had an opportunity to hire a uh, communications person. And at that time, the person came in and was talking about, we need to market. We have to do this marketing. I'm like, no, we don't need to do marketing. We just need to kind of show what we're doing. But I, I, I've come a long way then, since then to say this. If we're not doing marketing in our school spaces, as we all know, we're losing kids all over the place. They're going to private schools. They're going to charter schools. And if we're losing kids, then we're doing that because people don't know what's going on. So the marketing is key. So thank you for the work that you guys are doing. So before I even get started, I want to say that. Next, I'll say this. Just in terms of, I guess, uh, what I try to be, uh, who I am, really goes back to I, I try to build and foster relationships uh, through the lens of equity and compassion and connectedness. 
And, and I do that trying to harness student voice, staff voice, community voice, and then put that all together to figure out where are we and where we need to go. And when I reflect on it a little bit more, that's really about culture, uh, culture and climate. How are we looking at where we are, what we're doing, and how we make improvements? And that's really what I've been doing for quite some time. And, and here I am, uh, you know, in my 25th year education. I feel like I, no, I'm not 25. I don't, I don't look like that. But in 25 years, I'll say this. I've refined it to a, a few words, a few things that I'm trying to focus on. One is connectedness. How do we connect with people? We are connected to the earth. We are connected to each other, but we don't always stop and think about that. So when we develop and build that connectedness, things move faster, our culture and our climate strengthens one. Two is that social interaction, how we engage with each other, right? And when I talk about social interaction, I'm meaning when I speak with someone, what are the nuances? What are the things that I see? What do I observe? And then how do I adjust to then make the experience better? That means we have to be attentive. We have to listen. We can't be in our phones all the time trying to talk to people. We need to look at people and have some better social interaction to better understand each other. And finally, is community. How do we build the community? And one of the things that I'm working on right now is changing even how I speak about the organization. Um, it's really about our community and it's our school communities and what we're doing to harness those voices to do a better job. So that's really who I am in a nutshell and trying to improve upon practices to create the conditions for a better workspace for our kids and our community. So, And I mean, it couldn't be said better. Like you really introduced yourself exactly as that. And I have to say, you know, I've only been there since April. Uh, Banning Unified is a super special place to be. Um, the from the students to the staff to you know everything that that we do, everything that Terrence just stated is is so true. It's there. Um, it exists in that culture. Um, so it's it's a very cool thing. I I'm really reflective today because we just spent two days together in a NCEE system design benchmarking. Um, it's session three and four that we had out of eight. So we're at the midway point. So you know things are getting really real and there's some raw emotions in the room, but it's all uh, for a really good purpose and a really good meaning in the end. So that's cool. And we'll get into, I'm sure that a little bit more later, but uh, as I said, we work together every day and I think I know the answer because uh, one thing that Terrence and I talk about all the time is brand marketing, you know, where can, how can we move this district to, you know, wherever. Um, so I kind of think I know this answer, but our listeners are super curious to know. Uh, Renee's brand is connection. My brand is tell your story. So in one word or short phrase, what would you say your brand is? You know, that's tough because I think in order to know what your brand is, you need to take some time to reflect, think, and figure out what your behaviors are, your thoughts, your actions, and your practices, and then align that to something. And I think I've been able to do that. And I think, Lynette, you really helped me kind of refine that. Um, but it's really, I, I believe my brand is courageous leadership. How does one behave in a way to stimulate the environment for better good. So as an example, I look at how do I push people in the system to look beyond compliance? 
we are all given so many tasks, so many um, new items, programs that's supposed to fix things. Well, programs don't fix things. People fix things. And so how do we push back on that compliance a little bit to do what is in the best interest uh, of our professional community? But that means that you have to understand your local context and know, speaking about courageous leadership, you have to know when to push, when not to push. Uh, you have to kind of know how people process and how they think and be a really student of observation in that social interaction to really get in there and, and do it in a way that doesn't offend people. And that's a skill that takes time. That's a skill that takes um, uh, trust and vulnerability on both sides, the person speaking and the person listening, and it should switch. So I shouldn't be the one talking, actually. I should be the one listening and observing and then figuring out how to um, plant a seed in there and foster it over time to low, uh, foster it over time to grow. So the other thing that I find a lot when I think about courageous leadership is this whole idea about comparing. Sometimes when you get in a space, we talk about what one classroom is doing versus another class, what one district is doing from another district. And, and I've learned, and maybe because I'm a little older, um, a little bit, you know, is that when you compare, you're not, you, you're just caught into what other people are doing. Everyone's context is different, right? So, um, Renee, you've been in um, Anaheim Union, right? Different context. Uh, Lynette, you've been in Santa Ana and Colton and now in Banning. So you see in a short amount of time, all these different districts in, in how people behave and what the culture is. So you cannot have the same method of de delivery. To me, courageous leadership is about identifying what's, then, what's there and then figuring out how you move forward to make change, meaningful change. And the last thing I'll say regarding uh, courageous leadership is that I found uh, this quote by uh, Tanvir Nasir, and this person is a leading expert in leadership, and he says, courageous leadership is about using your influence to challenge the way things are and where we're headed because you know we need to do better. Most of us in this educational space know we need to do something better. But guess what? Everyone's working their tail off every day to make things happen. So we're going to give people more work? No. I suggest we back up a little bit and figure out what's going on to figure out how we change the environment a little bit with others around us. But that takes courage and that takes leadership as a team to make those things happen. So all that to say that that brand has really come full circle to me because I believe it at this point. I believe it. I know it. And that's what I try to exude. Uh, so, Lynette, thank you for, for helping me get to that point, because now so I know welcome. How to use the, the terminology to better push things forward. Yeah. And I got to say, in our conversations, like we do talk a lot about brand marketing, uh, the direction the district's going in. I mean, we have like a whole range of topics that all bring us back to what our purpose is. Right. Um but your brand was so evident to me. And I had the same conversation with Nairi where it was like, your brand is so evident to me, but you had to, you know, you had to really um, internalize it and really process it and see, you know, okay, yes, this, this is my brand and it stands for everything that, that you're doing. And it shouldn't be, this is what's just, I'm espousing, right? Yes. I'm talking about this. I do this. You have to stop and figure out what your actions really are. 
And you need people on your team who will tell you the truth. Um, and, and people yeah, that, I'm that person, right. huh? That's right. <laughs> well, we have those conversations too. But <laughs> no, you're, you're saying you are this type of a person, but that's not what your behaviors are showing. So it, it takes some time and people around you to kind of harness that to know this is what I'm doing and then have some belief because guess what? Believe it or not, we don't always feel like we are what we're doing. Sometimes you hear things about yourself, right? And you go, that's not me. And so we have to listen to that to then refine what we stand for. And once you feel it, once you know it and it's validated, then you are stronger in your space to be who you are. And, and I love that. I love that too. And it really does make me think it, it really calibrates this idea that our brand is really our core values. Because when you when I hear you talking, it's about your core values, right? And going back to your core values and then really asking yourself and other, asking other people, do you see these core values in my daily actions and how I speak? And so thank you for that reminder. And so I also heard you talk about uh, looking at a broad picture of what's going on at your district, uh, your community, right? All of us doing that and what's not really working. I think it does take a lot of courage to de-implement, right? Like Peter DeWitt talks about de-implementation and that takes so much courage because people are so attached sometimes to the way we've always done things. So I just want to thank you for having so much courage and being explicit about that. That's so important. So we're talking a lot about courage and I follow you on social media, like I've said, and I've seen this hashtag over and over again, and I know you're intentional about using it and you talked about courage, but why the use of the hashtag Courageous Fire and what does it mean for you, your brand, your story, and how you lead? Uh, very interesting. And, and, and Lynette and I have talked about this a little bit about, no, you need to use it all the time. So at some point I went back and I looked at my social media from years ago uh, and I was able to, to, to find some things that I posted a lot back in 2018 or so about Courageous Fire. And then I found a document. And this document I found was a, um, I guess, a submission for proposal uh, to speak at this conference. And it was it was me and uh, some people from Thought Exchange. A lot of people know who Thought Exchange is, collecting ideas in spaces. And I, and I, found, I found a document. And, and this is what Courageous Fire is, and I guess. And so we kind of co-constructed the meaning of this uh, at that time, and I'm just going to read some of this, but but the session was titled Courageous Fire, Fearless and Passionate Educational Leadership. And so then it goes into uh, saying there's no courage in standing over the masses and casting orders like lightning bolts from the mountaintop, meaning that in some roles that you're in, you know, as a principal or a certain leader, there's a theory and thought that, hey, I have this position so I can tell you what to do. There's no courage in that. That's people who will follow and you say it, so I do it. And I don't believe in that. I, I really don't. And so that's about positionality. That's about formal authority. So again, there's no courage in that. But then in the submission, I'm going to talk about leaders, courageous leaders embrace the challenge of teaching and learning. They accept the discomfort of vulnerability. They commit to the hard work of inclusion and equity. And they're willing not only to listen deeply. So we talked about that, right? How do we listen to people, listen to the voices? but to respond with grace. You know, when you hear things you don't want to hear that are tough, 
How do you respond with that? Do you respond with like, oh, no, I didn't. People do. Or do you respond with grace? And then courage is the, that's what it's defined as. And finally, leaders, and, and this is the viewpoint that I have, right? So leaders in education also need something more. That, that, that's just not it. They need passion. They need inspiration. And they need fire. So students, parents, teachers, and community members like Flint to steel, they provide that spark. So I really believe I get my spark from people, from students, from the community, from the board, like all these things coming at us, right? And so how do I take all of that and harness it? And so I believe I take that and, and, I li and listening and then I respond, my response is fire, but courageous fire is the action. And so that's how I define courageous fire. And finally, um, and, and I created this, uh, I have this slide that I always talk about. Um, and, and my wife put something together for me that's in the office where I am. And it is, if someone has the expertise, right? You develop and you learn your expertise by reading, by doing, by practicing. Once you have that, you, you get more confident. And that confidence then should be bringing about a voice. So what is your voice? So when you talk about branding, when you talk about uh, connectivity, what is that voice? And then when you have that passion in there, then it gets a little dicey, right? So you know what you're talking about. You have a voice and you have some passion. People go, oh, what's going on? And then two more. That creates this fire, like this little flame, this flame. And people see that flame and that flame does something. It's like the greeting that you had that gave me a feeling. And then finally, when you have courage on top of that, that is to me what equals courageous fire. It's like if you've ever went somewhere, um, like let's say you're watching a movie or you went to a concert or you're listening to something intently and your mouth is almost open. You're like, oh my God, that because they have all of that. All of that is coming into play at one time and you're like captivated by what's happening. And that's what I envision courageous fire to be. I know that was a lot, but that's 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 what I got in my head. It, it was a lot, but it was great. Did you have something you wanted to add, Renee? No, I'm just soaking it in. I'm listening. I'm taking notes here. I'm 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 in. I'm in. I'm doing what Superintendent Davis said. I'm fully uh, attending. So no, I don't have a response. I wasn't thinking while he was talking. I was completely attending to him. So you're up. He has that effect on people. That's I, that's like a natural effect that he has on people. I was completely captivated. <laughs> Seriously. Uh -huh. You know, it's uh, I think there was a comment that was mentioned today. And as Lynette mentioned, we are embarking upon some work with the National Center for uh, Education and Economy. And we have a group of teachers and administrators and, and parents and board members. And we're having some real conversation. And, and one of the comments today was, you know, we can talk about this. But when it comes from the heart, when whatever we do comes from the heart, People wake up, they see it, they listen to it, but that goes back to connect, uh, connection. When we're connected, we feel that, and then we kind of lower our guards and we open up our hearts too. So that's powerful stuff. Definitely, definitely. The more connected you are to people, the more open they are to all these new ideas and the direction that we're, we're headed in. Um, so you're a super avid social media user. And I think what makes you unique as a superintendent is you don't just say like throw something pretty up 
Um, you know that their strategy strategy behind uh, what I do, you know, how you utilize social media yourself. Uh, I want to say you're the first uh, superintendent who's ever asked me about analytics and data and how can he break it down for himself. So it's super cool that he takes such an interest in, um, you know, not only, okay, does it look good, but also does it make sense? Um and how can I continue what makes sense and not continue what doesn't? It's, you know, very strategic thinking, almost like a communications person, which is cool from a superintendent's lens. I just, I've never had that before. So it's very cool. Um, the role I'm in is brand new as district and community relations coordinator. It's new to Banning Unified. Um, developing the role I'm in was definitely a priority for you and the board. And I could really feel that as I was coming in and, you know, previewing board meetings and stuff. Can you share with our listeners why a role like this can help the district community, uh, superintendent, and the Board of Education? Yeah, I actually have a really perfect example of that. Uh, because before I worked in Banning, I heard a lot of things about Banning, but I never saw anything. It's, it's what I heard. And the majority of things that I heard were not positive. They were very negative. Um, and then if you looked a little further and you looked at, let's say, uh, data, on the dashboard. It was all negative. And so if you attach data with things that you hear, you think it's real. But it wasn't really till I got to Banning and I saw uh, the challenges that are in Banning. Um, but I saw more importantly, the people that were here and how committed that they are to the students in this community. And I thought about that and said, how can we show people that? Because as you both know very well, uh, having a visual depiction of what's happening changes your, your thought process about what's really happening. And, and we all know this, we hear this about this uh, narrative. I don't, I don't per se use that word a lot, but it's about what is being shared to the public. Is it negative? Is it positive? And when we talk about social media, a lot of people don't want to do social media because they're afraid. They're afraid of the negativity that may be out there. And this is what I've said for years. And I just said this about an issue. Well, the negative things, we're going to drown that negativity. We're going to drown it. We're going to drown it with the positivity because what's actually really happening in a space, no one really knows unless you show people. Mm -hmm. So in the classroom, you know, so as an example, the, one of the reasons we, we kind of worked and uh, had to go through a lot of challenges to get this position was to say we need a district employee who was in the space every day who's listening to staff, students, parents, and the community to be able to show the, the world, if you will, what's really happening. And Lynette has been able to do that in a short amount of time. It's not like Lynette came and waved a wand and went, do magical stuff now. No, Lynette was able to come and use her expertise and skills to show what's really happening. And, and there was one pivotal point, I think it was a couple months ago, and I don't know what you did because you just, you you haven't been here relatively that long, you know, since March, is there was a post, I think on Instagram and these pictures start coming in. And I'm like, where are these pictures coming? Because they didn't look like anything else, but it was somehow other people in our community, teachers, staff, students were sending Lynette pictures. And then she was posting them. And I was like blown away. And I think I remember one night I called you, Lynette, and I was like, because I, I, I had been away from Instagram for a while. And I started <laughs> to scroll through these pictures and I said, I don't care who you are in the world. If you just look through this feed, you'll go, wow, that's happening there. So going back to how I started this, 
the depiction of what was being said and what was happening was completely two different things. And so that's why I believe that branding, marketing is so important because then you can really convey to your community, to your students, what's happening. And, and the final thing I'll say about this is, is on our district website, um, we started to post pictures like in the, in the background. Uh, and that hadn't been done here ever. I'll just say that. Um, but when we started to do that, people were like, oh, I was on the website. Oh, can you? I want to be on the website. And it was like people saw themselves in action and work and their colleagues saw that to validate their value and their worth. That's what branding does. And so if you have skepticism out there, well, what are they really doing? Well, you can share what we're doing. Go to the source, go to the district website, go to the district app, go to the social media platforms, and you will be able to get a good depiction of what's happening because those pictures and what's happening is not staged. That's not fake. That's real stuff that happens every day. And now someone is opening up that door to show the world. And that's what's happening. And that's why it's so important. So uh, um, and that's it's such an important part that you said, because every time I've spoken about banning and you've heard me, you know, at the uh, women's panel that I was on and uh, anywhere that I've spoken about banning, I'm like, I'm not doing anything, any of the amazing stuff that they're doing. I'm just showcasing and spotlighting the stuff they've been doing probably forever. And just no one's ever seen it because no one's ever posted it. So I'm shining a light and, you know, using the platform that I have in order to allow people to see and broaden, you know, their view on what they may have thought if they heard what you heard about banning. Um, But that work has already been done. Like none of that is, is, is staged or set up beforehand. Um, Some of our most popular posts are just like everyday things. That's why one of the most recent posts that I did was, uh, we had drones for summer school and I was like, just another day in banning. Like they literally have awesome experiences all the time. It's just another day, but people are like, oh my God, they do that there. And it's only because we haven't talked about it before. Well, let me address the negativity really quick and the concern for people about, well, I don't want to be in this space because there's going to be negative comments. And uh, you know, we, that's the world we live in today. And so I'll say this, when things come up, That's not to say we're going to hide negativity. No, no, it's going to be there, but we're going to respond to it to say what we are. First of all, that we're aware. Two, and that this is what we're doing about it and then following up. That's what people want to know. People want to know, do they know about this? And if they know, what are they doing? So that's critical. And it's a timely thing, right? It's being aware. So having a dedicated staff member to be able to know what is going on on what platforms and then have some conversation and respond is vital to ensuring that we're feeding the community the information that they need to feel better about us knowing what's happening. Critical. Well, I love that. And listening to you answer Lynette's question, I feel like it kind of answers my, my next question. And I, I actually hear it in what you're talking about. So you 
created a position, right? It didn't exist. You created it. You're creating things. And when I actually went back, so when I saw the word catalyst, I've seen it on all of your social media platforms. I was like, okay, I have my own definition of what a catalyst is, but I'm going to look this up to be sure, you know, and it actually was a little bit different. So uh, what I'd like you to do is um, it is an explicit part of your brand being a catalyst. So please tell us like, what does that mean to you? And then what do you feel like are the most important ways? And we know hiring Lynette and kind of changing things, the implementation or some of those ways you've already talked about, but what are some important ways that you see uh, the catalyst value or um, title for yourself um, as important to your leadership and important to banning? Yeah, in preparation for uh, the podcast, I looked it up as well. Uh, because, you know, sometimes we use words, but we don't, we may be using them out of context. Yeah, you're like, uh, this is what I, it means to me. <laughs> That's right. That's, which is okay. But I always want to go back to what the definition is. And so what I read in, in terms of the definition is someone that causes something to happen or change. Um, and so I, I I had an opportunity to reflect upon that. And so I go back to when I was in college in my undergrad. And one of the professors at the end of the class says, you're, you're, you're a great catalyst for the group. Now, at the time, I didn't know what in the world he was talking about. I didn't know what he meant by that. But now, you know, fast forward, I don't know how many years I was in college, maybe a couple of years ago, a long time ago, I'll say this, is that getting people to think in a certain way requires someone to go against the grade to have, we're talking about courage to say something. And most people won't do that in a professional environment because they are concerned about if I say this, what is my colleague going to think about me? What is the boss going to think about me? And am I going to be in trouble a little bit or am I stepping out of bounds? And, and I think for me, that goes back to kind of my uh, my upbringing, my childhood or who I am. I've never really had that sense of I'm going to be afraid of something. I, ha I just haven't. That, that That's not innate in me. And so I'm not fearful of, oh, this person isn't going to like me. Well, you cannot like me. That's OK. But I need to focus on what I'm trying to do. So there's a Stephen Covey quote that I use every time I present. And in any time I'm going to be a part of facilitation or uh, be engaging a group, I, I, get, I, I share the quote and it goes this way. We, we all see the world not as it is, but as we are or as we are conditioned to see it. Uh, when we open up our mouths to describe what we see, we are, in effect, describing ourselves, our perceptions, our paradigms. So. How I take that, and again, that's a Stephen Covey quote, how I take that is that in a room of 20 people and someone says something, there's going to be 20 different perceptions of what was said. And unless we are courageous enough to listen first and find out what that means and not ridicule or say you're wrong or have a fight about it, then we open ourselves up to different thinking about why that person is saying that to get to how we can all see a new construct. And so when you talk about catalyst, that's what I think about. I think about the ability to listen, to refine, to tweak, to use social interaction and, and connectedness to move the conversation and challenge 
the environment or the people in the environment in a professional, appropriate, calm, collective way to create different meaning. Because when we create different meaning together, there's much more support to move forward. So Yeah. And two things from that. So the first one that, that I'll say is, um, again, I, I've I, like Renee and I have talked about Terrence and, you know, I'm like, he's amazing. You don't understand um, it. What you see is what you get. Um, he's a great, courageous leader. Catalyst is spot on. He just provides these spaces for his staff to thrive, um, provides these spaces for his staff to be thought partners without judgment, which makes uh makes for just a really great environment. Um, and then the the second part is, you know, just in the three months that I've been there and anyone who knows me knows I'm like the tell it how it is girl. I'm not the blow smoke girl. <laughs> but uh, in the three months that I've been there, he has opened my mind to, you know, when you say something, how it's received by that other person and to really think about that and be thoughtful about those things. And um, so I thank you for that. That's uh, being ref- more reflective has definitely been something that has come around more for me in the last three months of working under your leadership. So that's been really a really great thing of growth in, in three months only, right? Well, let me say this. Thank you. But I'll say this. I just want to be clear. I want the audience to hear this. I don't walk around going, hey, I'm courageous fire. Hey, no. I'm <laughs> but I'm just saying because I hear things like that. And, and I inside, I just go, uh, there was this conversation today about uh, the leadership and the change. And I'm just I, I want to go hide under a table like I want to leave the room. But here's the piece. Here's what I do. I do what I feel is best and what's right. And I push the envelope as much as I can, understanding where people are in that space because I'm looking, I'm, 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 I'm listening, I'm feeling the room in the space to see what can happen. Not that I'm best or no better because I don't, but I feel I have an innate ability to sense what's happening, to pull that inside, to shift us in a different space based upon the collective knowledge in the room. And, and so that out of that comes what people would call a courageous leader. Mm-hmm. And your famous words are always, we're going to do what's right for people. That's it. because and, yeah. I, I don't see kids every day. I don't see students in the classroom every day. If you work at a district office, you don't. If you work at the site, you see students every day. So my impact should be for the the leaders, the principals, the staff who then work with the teachers in the classroom. That's not to say I'm not an instructional leader. That's not to say that I'm not here for kids. Absolutely. But my impact is greater with the adults who support people who support kids. Now I want to say something. Say, okay, now, you, now you're not reflecting. No, no, okay, no, 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 no. I'll be quiet. So, uh, so I want to say, uh, I want to thank you for telling that story that your professor called you a catalyst, because I think that that's, that's so powerful. It really illustrates um, how powerful words are, right? So that happens, you know, at least 10 years ago. <laughs> So uh, it stuck with you this whole time and you internalize that. And I think that's a lesson for all of us is as we, you know, sometimes people can hold back praise or hold back 
comments. And I think that um, that's such a great illustration of how powerful uh, words are for people. So thank you for sharing that story with us. Well, here's the thing, Renee. This is what I've come to the realization is my my job or my mission or my goal is to unlock that for everyone, because we all have stories. We all have several stories. One and two. Sometimes you hear something and and it takes something else to happen in your life to connect it back to something that was said. And so all of us, when we get to what our brand is, that reflection piece of things that happen throughout your life, they've been there. You just haven't seen them. But once you start to connect the dots, you go, oh, people have been saying this for years. Now this is who I am. And so, but it takes that reflective piece. So, um, Thank you. All right. So we want to thank you so much. We we know you are superintendent and that means you are really, really busy. So we want to thank you for the time that you've given us and you share with our audience your wisdom. And is there anything else that you want to share with the audience right now? Well, I just want to share. There's a couple of things I've been working on for this year. So every year I kind of write some things down, put it on the refrigerator. That way I see it every day. And one is um, having more humility and being more grateful. And so it's really focusing on the gratitude. So I I just wanna share this last piece is that I am so grateful. There is something that happened to me in my life somewhere that is giving me the opportunity to be in this role to impact the lives of people, students in the community. Not everyone has that opportunity. So I just wanna share to the world and put it in the space that I am I'm honored and grateful for that opportunity to serve and and to try to do whatever I can to make the world a better place. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be on the show. And and I really appreciate both of you and the work that you're doing. Uh, You just keep pushing forward. And this is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger because you two are bringing out the best in others. And along that way, you are growing as well. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, Lynette. Wow. Every day you get to be with Superintendent Davis. Wow. You get to get all of that wisdom from him every day in close corners because I know you're next to the superintendent's office somewhere. But wow, what a great interview. So, so much wisdom there. And for me, what's really resonating with me is um, this idea of, um, you know, this courageous fire leadership. And it's not just about yourself, but it's about really, you know, like he said, the flint to this iron and, you know, igniting that fire in other people. And um, it's so clear, you know, the idea of values and branding for him. And I just love how, you know, he said that he's really focusing on gratefulness Uh, and humility and you can hear that just in his willingness to talk about you know not try to pretend like he's been down with branding since the beginning right no but to really you know honor you and what you bring to banning and that meant a lot and i really i think it's really important for all of us to listen to that lesson he gave as far as listening you know even though we're passionate but listen and then have grace as we listen and listen to learn. And what about you? I mean, every day you get this, but what was a takeaway for you? Yeah, it's my every day. I mean, 
everything he said he is exactly what he says what you see um he's not one of those people that's always talking about it he just really is about it so i think he's very stealth in his leadership um but i do have to say and i mentioned in the episode i'm super reflective because of the two days of system design benchmarking we're doing with ncee um it was cool yesterday to hear the staff really appreciative of having the space to you know be a part of redesigning the system for our students to succeed and um you know i almost came to tears today talking to the staff of uh it takes a special leader to cultivate that environment where people feel safe to have the good the bad the ugly discussion like where are we where are we going how are we going to get there um you know and and just let's charge forward so i think that's a true testament to his leadership abilities um and i know he hates to hear it and he you know if there's one thing i'd add to his fridge is that he should take compliments better <laughs> but i do like giving people flower their flowers when they're here not waiting till they're gone so um he's you know great person great person to work with and uh definitely bringing out the best in me and challenging me in ways that I've not been challenged before which I know ultimately will make me, you know, even better at what I do. So, very thankful. Yes, if that's even possible, then that <laughs> I don't know why you have to stay humble, okay? All right. Well, everyone, uh, if you haven't already, please follow us on the plat uh, your favorite podcast platform. And then subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is the Ed Branding channel. And, you know, it's coming up. I don't want to forget to say it, but we are working on a book. So keep your eyes open in the new year for uh, soon to be titled, but something about Ed Branding in the title, I'm sure. Right, Lynette? Our book. So thank you so much for being with us again. Thank you.